everybody out there in video land. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Beyond Pod in which I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> well, I sort of do, a bit, kind of. There's no real agenda for today. Just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Well, I enjoyed last week's sort of, even though you for some reason won't listen to last week's because you think it was a terrible episode, it was actually quite a fun episode. Yeah, I'm too scared uh, to listen to it because I had such post post-flu tiredness that I felt like, I don't know. So I'm just, I don't want to listen to myself. Okay, fine. Well, I was very good. <laughs> <laughs> but then, but now I'm curious. Fabulous. Now I'm curious and I feel myself wanting to listen to it out of curiosity. Well, a lot of people were amused by some of, of the elements in yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Anyway, my point is I enjoyed last week's sort of more chatty uh, episode and I thought as we're still kind of slowly easing into the new year... Yes. Um, I mean, you can't ease fast into the new year because easing is, is slow. Yeah, unless you you really love moving fast. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, you love moving fast, so you're easing into it quickly. No, you cannot ease quickly. Says you. You cannot ease. <laughs> it's awful that we're talking about easing into things fast and slow. Uh, not really. <laughs> I anticipated you could ease into a bath. You can't if you just how if you get into a bath quickly. That's not easing, is it? Yeah, actually, you're right. Oh, what for the, the love of God, the cat's gone insane. Oh, I think there's another cat at the window. This is not what we wanted to start the episode with, Penny. No, Ooh, stop she's it. Not happy. I can't anyone out there okay could you sit down for sanya and focus sanya i need to see who she's howling at please sit down and focus so we can record the podcast so i can not spend because we spent about about half an hour of of sanya going yeah i'm ready and then go oh no i'm just gonna move my mic oh no i'm gonna have a drink the howling noise is the cat that's behind me staring out a window but i'm not allowed to look at her no ignore her how can I ignore her howling? Because we're making a podcast. Listen, if you're at work, listen, if you're wait, at work wait, in a listen, meeting... Listen, Nothing. <laughs> if you're at work in a meeting your boss, with your boss, mm. the boss would not be happy with She's your grabbing. constant distractions. Yeah, unless my boss loved knowing what was going on with... No, it's a really important meeting. But there's no one even out there. That's the weird thing. <laughs> I can't see anyone. Okay, out she's there. she's seeing things. Great. Now our cat's gone insane. Right. So we're just having a little chatty video, updating on some or sort of audio. Bits and, or bit, fuck. Okay. What's the matter now? <laughs> Nothing. What's the matter? Because I've been a, a bit irritated by your fifty lies that you've fed me prior to us starting where you went yes i'm ready to go and then proceeded to fidget to get distracted by the cat no I, wait the cat was howling literally howling and growling out the window of course i'm gonna look it's unbelievable listeners that that you know i sat here probably half an hour ago and in that time i've probably at least a dozen attempts to start this podcast only to be interrupted Blame it on your feline. No, friend. that was a that was a one time thing. The rest of it was you fiddling and faffing and getting distracted by God knows what. Anyway, this week we're going to read a couple of letters, but I've just been having a little browse online to see what's out there, Merillion wise. What's going on in the Merillion sphere? Okay, there's a, there's a phrase that I've I've just coined. 
I'm talking to people that coin meaningless <laughs> phrases oh and invent goodness. new words. Peter Gabriel's got a new single out, hasn't he? He does. I was just listening to it. Why were you listening to it? Because um, we watched his video the other day. Of him explaining what? Of him explaining it. Pan, panop, pan, panopticon. Not panopticon that already exists as a word. Panopticon. Fanny.com. That's what he sings. <laughs> Fannies.com. Peter Gabriel's new single. <laughs> struck me about watching the Peter Gabriel YouTube video about Panopticon was... Um, Do in you the mean past, the one where he explains Yeah, the, the in concept. the past, I haven't ever watched any interviews with him. Right. But I have watched and really, really loved the TV show called... I can't remember what it was called, but the character is Brian Pern. Yes, who is, by, played by the very funny actor Simon Day. Yeah, and... He bases Brian Pern on Peter Gabriel. Indeed, Peter Gabriel appears in the series. Oh, yeah, we know. That was brilliant. <laughs> on the Segway. The face-off on Segways. Oh, it's so good. If, if any of you have so never seen good. it. Oh, it's one of my favourite shows ever. What was their band? Thotch. Thotch. Yeah, the Genesis band with songs such as Onion Divorce <laughs> and Succulent <laughs> Chinese, Chinese Meal. Um, and what's the one? Maraca Man. Yeah. yeah, well, that's when he went bit He's pop, isn't it? He's the Maraca Man. Baggy. Catch me if you can. And the Maraca Man. Ha, 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 Absolutely genius. Anyway, yes, you were Anyway, saying. I didn't realise how realistic Brian Pern's character was. Well, you mean how close How closely it was actually based on Peter Gabriel. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like, oh, okay. Well, even the, when they, they sort of recreate, because they go through the history of, of Thotch and Brian Pern, and even like the stage costumes are inspired by Peter Gabriel's real ones. Oh, brilliant. It's uh, amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. I mean, that series is just, yeah, well, there were several series, I think, in the end. They, when they started out, I think, as YouTube videos, but they are uh, phenomenally, I don't know, authentic. Yeah. Uh, they played. They played a gig as well, which oh, I would love I, to have yes. gone to. I think I saw a video of it on YouTube, or a video of a clip of it on YouTube somewhere. Yes, he talks like this in that same kind of stranger. And what's stopping, weird? Starting voice. Peter Gabriel's accent is very similar to H's accent, and they both have accents that you cannot place. I mean, you said this the other day, and I thought, uh, I can't say it myself you don't see it you hear it oh that God. would be why yes i didn't hear it myself that it's a similar accent but i agree that they both have slightly difficult to pin down mm. accents i mean peter gabriel you know he was a bit of a posh lad i think oh, to charterhouse school and so on oh. where uh, they all met with the exception of uh, phil collins why phil are we talking collins about peter gabriel lad. no no, although he was like a child actor. Phil oh, Collins. I vaguely remember you telling me that. Yeah. What was he in? Well, he was in, I think, the stage version of Oliver, for instance. Oh, wow. I always want to say he was on in Young Robin Hood, but that was Keith Chegwin. <laughs> I, I always get Keith Chegwin and Phil Collins mixed <laughs> Um... <laughs> You don't know who Keith no. Chegwin is, do you? It doesn't matter. You grew up in Australia. 
uh, and some of our listeners also grew up overseas and might know who Keith Chegwin is. Sadly, sadly, Keith Chegwin never went, you know, global uh, in terms of his stardom. Well, was he a musician or an actor? Well, well. Or musical theatre? Well, well, oh. uh, he started out as a child actor, then he presented... Uh, the kids' TV show Swap Shop or co-presented it with Noel Edmonds. And he also was on the first single I ever bought, Brown Sauce, um, or I Want to Be a Winner by Noel Edmonds. Well, yeah, the Swap Shop team put it oh, out okay. under the name Brown Sauce. Can I quickly just look up what he looks like? Keith Chegwin, he's died. What he used to look like. Yes. He famously did uh, um, a pilot for something on Channel 5 in the UK where he got naked um, and and presented the the show. There's some quite unpleasant screenshots of that online. Unpleasant. I don't really see a massive resemblance to um, Phil Collins. Is that why you looked him up? Yeah. It was a joke. Oh. He looks nothing like Phil Collins. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he looks nothing they, like. They but they were both child actors. Cousins. Anyway, why are we why are we talking about Keith Chegwin and Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins? Uh, I don't know. I thought well, it's the first Peter Gabriel's, but look, it's the first new Peter Gabriel material in twenty one years. Peter Gabriel, uh, you know, of course, was <laughs> the basis and template for Fish and Marillion's entire career. That's a joke, everyone. That's a joke. Um, and I just thought, you know, he's kind of Meridian adjacent, isn't he? Also, it's it's quite nice to talk about him in terms of, you know, Meridian's release schedule and how he makes them look fast. Well, yeah, 21. Although he did say he's going to have a new song every full moon. Yes. What a brilliant idea. When you look up into the sky, you will know there is new music available. <laughs> By the size and shape of the moon. The moon, I've made the moon into a QR code. And <laughs> if you scan it with your phones, I will download new music onto your machines. I mean, wasn't it one thing he said? There's there's going to be a new piece of music every month and, and a also a new piece of, of art. And the, and, no, no, it was, no, it was brilliant. I love the art thing. Oh, the you want artist, to say it? The artist, oh he tries to imagine what art will be like in the future. <laughs> It's like, I mean, then he shows it. It's just like a sort of red donut. (laughs) Blurry red donut. I thought, I saw it more as a portal. I suspect that's what it's meant to be. Oh, okay. I mean, it also looks a bit like a uh, um, a poppy. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm, Interesting. Anyway, uh, that was all. Uh, What do you think of the new Peter Gabriel single? Oh, it's difficult. Like, I generally like it. It did take a couple of listens. I generally like it, but there is a bit in it that I don't love. That, like, I kind of go... It sort of quite jumps around, doesn't it? It sort of Mm. chops and changes. Yeah, but I generally, on the whole, I haven't listened to it a million times. But, yeah, it's all right. It just reminds me of loads of other Peter Gabriel songs. Like, oh, here's a bit from... You know, Games Without Frontiers. Here's a bit from, I don't know, Digging in the Dirt. Here's a... Yeah, it just... It feels like a kind of collage of various songs he's done over the years. It it doesn't feel like he's uh, doing anything particularly new in terms of his sound, which is fine. The man is 72. 
Um, yeah. You know, which enough. is absolutely fine. He doesn't need to reinvent the wheel, um, even though he is projecting his music onto the moon. As a QR code. As a QR code. <laughs> this is what music will be like in the future. When I say future, I mean tomorrow. The fu- yeah, this is what art will be like at lunchtime tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, you will need to go to Big Ben in London and scan it with your phones and it will download uh, coordinates to the moon. And then you'll need to get in a rock. I don't know what I'm saying. Oh, like make it so complicated just to look up at the moon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's that's the Peter Gabriel news for this week. <laughs> Um, yeah. But I do have some... Uh, Actual I'll... Marillion news? Well, what is going on with Marillion Wise? By the time you hear this, you will know the location of the mystery Marillion weekend. What? When, when, are, they, when are they announcing what? it? Today we're recording this on Friday and they're announcing it. No, sorry, we're recording this on Thursday. They're announcing it on Friday. Why didn't we record this tomorrow? Because we're going to the V&A tomorrow, the Victorian Albert Museum, to record a video for our YouTube channel. Correct. Yes, so uh, what do you reckon? Do you reckon still, you know... What we said last week? Yes, South America. Why are you, why are you putting that face? I'm Is trying... because you hate South America? No, I love South America. Never been there. We've been, well, we've been playing GeoGuessr, which <laughs> oh, has shown quite a bit of South America. Has it ever? And I would like to visit it one day. Yes. Um, no, no, I was trying to think. Do I still think it's South America? Imagine if they did an Antarctic cruise. Yes. Um, do you know what? I've got no idea. Zero, no, of course. None zero of us have idea, any idea where it might Although be. Although I did read the other day, and I assume this has come from Lucy's Friday Questions on Facebook, um, at the two-day weekends, mm-hmm. and I was glad to hear this, at the two-day weekends, they're not doing an, a full album night. So only oh. at the, I think there's only two, three-day weekends, which is Canada and, and Port Zealand. Yeah. They're, they're the only ones that are going to have like a complete album. So guaranteed it'll be somewhere else, which is an album, as we know, that a lot of people aren't that keen on. Right. Got to be somewhere else, hasn't it? Yeah. I thought, what about the new album? Well, that's what H claimed they were doing, but... Yeah. I can't do it again. They did it on tour. They did it at the last Meridian weekend. They can't do it an hour before it's dark again. Surely. I mean... A lot of people didn't get to hear it. Why? Because they live far away in places <laughs> oh, where the tour didn't go. Uh, they've started rehearsals, though. Have you seen that on Facebook? No, I haven't. I haven't been on Facebook um, for ages, ah, for a couple of weeks. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I'm not, I have looked on there briefly, but I haven't like had a good old scroll through. Rehearsals have started. Uh, and... Rather's also announced the tour for later the, in the year. A solo Rather solo. Uh, he's Ooh. doing a Marillion weekend in uh, Manchester. By himself, like Marillion solo. Not by himself, yeah. Um, where they're doing Misplaced Child of One Night and Clutching at Straws the other night. Oh my God, we have to go. I'm really, really tempted. Wait, when, which month? Uh, I think it's over the summer. I'll just have a quick look. I'll have a quick look. Stephen Rothery. That that's not our Steve Rothery. Although yes, it is. Huh. Okay, it it is our Steve Rothery. <laughs> Sorry, it listed him as a digital creator. 
<clears throat> Steve Rothery Band, 9th and 10th of June. Oh. Um, at the Band on the Wall. Uh, so that's interesting, isn't it? That is something to keep in mind. Yeah, plus tracks from Ghosts of Pripyat. Nice. You know, the album that you... Um, I liked it. I did like it. I yeah, just well, said... You say that about a lot of instrumental albums, don't you? I did Inclu- like including it. Including mine. Oh, my God. Uh, and then again. don't actually listen to not them. this again. <laughs> got to think about instrumental albums, haven't you? No, I like them when they're including on in the your, background. my husband's. I love my far, husband's... Far, far away in the background, like on the horizon. That's not true. So that you true. can't hear it. That's not true. <laughs> in someone else's background. False. <laughs> or wallpaper. They're like lovely. Saying, that sounds like really Wonka would have in his factory. <laughs> Willy Wonka's sex factory. Oh my goodness. Um. <laughs> I sounded scandalised then. Oh my goodness, clutching my pearls. Um... I think that's all the news for this week coming out of the Marillion world. Um, So consequently, I thought I'd have a look back at the past. What, past news? (laughs) (laughs) It's called history. I had a look on archive.org to see um, what was the earliest uh, webpage they... um, on, I don't, do you know the Wayback Machine? Are you mm-hmm. familiar with that? Yeah. I thought I'd see what was the earliest Marillion internet page that was on there. And it is obviously um, a Marillion.com page from 1997. Now, it hasn't saved everything, so there's not a lot of images on there. But there was one bit that I thought was quite interesting, uh, which each of the band members have their own sort of bio. Or at least oh, bit cool. in, a news page, their own personal news page. So Rother says, this was uh, February 26th, 1997, current activities. Wishing Tree. I don't know who wrote this, but it says, Wishing Tree, Steve would prefer that I don't get into great detail about the demos I heard in August as the finished product may give a strong impression, blah, blah, blah. So that was um, that was a bit of news from Rothers about Wishing Tree. Uh, Ian had a bit of news about, this was again February 26th, 1997, uh, Ian has finished his first solo project, which was Crossing the Desert. Oh, I love that. Which really liked. I really loved it. Uh, so that had a bit of news about that. Steve Hogarth, um, it says Steve Hogarth has released his Fist solo album. <laughs> That's what it says. <laughs> Steve Hogarth, he of the solo Fist. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't noticed that earlier when I looked at it. Uh, <laughs> you're looking at me so disapprovingly. No, I'm just I'm like, okay. Anyway, uh, so there's a bit of info about that. And then Peter Avis, uh, on his page, it reads, no news. He <laughs> <laughs> was doing Crossing the Desert as well. Yeah, and, and uh, Wishing Tree. And Wishing Tree, yeah. Anyway, Mark Kelly's got some good stuff. Okay. He's got the most, the page that's got the most info on it. Uh, February, I can't say February today, February. February? February. 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 February the 26th, 1997. Uh, I'm currently at home working on a solo project. This project is based on Dante's Inferno. For those of you who don't know Dante Alighieri, 
is that how you pronounce it? Alighieri, 1265-1321, was an Italian poet stroke writer whose most famous work is the Divine Comedy. Brackets, it isn't very funny. Written in three parts, Inferno, Purgatorio and Paradiso. Although it was written over 600 years ago, the first part of Inferno reads like a modern-day science fiction novel. It was plagiarised by Larry Niven and Jerry, Jerry Purnell in the science fiction novel of the same name. The music I'm writing is inspired by the Dante's imaginary trip through hell, so it's a bit dark. In fact, I'm beginning to think I shouldn't devote the entire album to Inferno, as it might be a bit heavy going. It will mainly be an instrumental album, to your hate it, Sonia, with some lyrics. Can, <laughs> can I just say that The Crossing the Desert was an instrumental album? Ah, okay, you like that one. I loved it. It's not your husband's. Why are you saying I don't love my husband's one? Because you've only listened to it twice. You can't have liked it that much. I listened to it three times. No, twice. I'm pretty sure it was more than twice. Well, I remember because I was counting. I was was counting. But <laughs> also remember... <laughs> I my... was literally counting. Look, she's covering her head with her jumper. Look at that. I, okay, what music have I listened to, Paul, in the last Marillion. few weeks? And the Peter Gabriel song. Well, the Peter Gabriel song, like, three times... What's your point? I haven't been listening to anything. My album wasn't released from, in the last three apart weeks. Apart from Marillion. My album was released last year, not in the last three weeks. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> the music I'm writing, blah, blah, blah. Um, it will be a mainly instrumental album, so Samuel will hate it, with some lyrics, three so far written by John Helmer and to be sung by John Jones, the singer from Jump, who were once saw supporting Marillion. Being a keyboard player, it's fairly easy for me to work at home. Using a Macintosh computer to record my ideas is a stream of noughts and crosses, which I will later transfer to tape when it's time to put the vocals on. I've no idea when it will be finished, as there are bound to be interruptions for, yeah, what, 30 years. <laughs> is he, um, did like, he just drop that in the end, or did, he, is yeah. it, did it morph into no, the new totally solo it. album? That's it. Uh, so... He, uh, he even had a vocalist in mind and some lyrics written by John Helmer. John Helmer would be perfect for Dante's Inferno, let's face it. You know, that slightly sort of gothic thing. That yeah, he does. yeah. So I thought that was interesting. 1997, he was wow. talking about his solo album. I mean, he obviously was... I wonder if any of it was used in um, the latest solo album. I don't think so. I mean, I interviewed him last year and I, I brought it up. Um, didn't he send the, some of the demos to Stephen Wilson, who ignored them, I believe? Oh. Yeah. I mean, that sounds... I mean, it sounds very Rick Wakeman. I would be curious to hear at least, you know, the unfinished mm. music that he was writing back then. Because as well as we know, he's become much more sort of confident songwriter. Yes. In recent years, you know, and contributing yeah. more to the albums. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So there's... Yeah, it would be interesting. I wonder if he still has the recordings. Yeah, I wonder. I don't know. Would it be the same format? Was a Macintosh have? computer? Perhaps he could just beam them onto the moon to save them. Imagine the moon was a big hard drive anyway. Uh, <laughs> that was a little bit, uh, little bit sideways, wasn't it? What a wacky guy. Shut up. Oh, calm down. Right. Um... <laughs> There's a new Marillion album coming out. I meant to mention this in our news thing. What? Yeah, it's not an official release. Uh, it's it's a, a German radio recording from... Um... My tummy's making lots of noise. 
It's fine, it's, I can't hear it. Okay, good. Well, well let's hope the, the listeners can't. Uh, it's, a, it's a German radio recording from uh, their Welcome to the Garden Party tour uh, from 1986. Wow, where, where has that come from? Uh, Germany. No, how has how has it resurfaced? Where was it? Uh, I guess in the in the a cupboard in the German radio station. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, it's not apparently the complete show. So the track listing is Garden Party Freaks, Assassin, Misplaced Child of Part One, Misplaced Child of Part Two, Forgotten Sons, and Market Square Heroes. That's quite a lot. Yeah, but that's not the complete track listing because if it was the same set list as, oh, it is the complete track listing. If it was the same set list as. Uh, when I saw them at Milton Keynes, they also did like, I think they did Chelsea Monday, but they did uh, Incubus and Fugazi and Script for Jester's Tear and whatnot. So. Still sounds like quite a, a healthy portion of songs. Yeah. Uh, I think this is from looking at the, the description on Amazon. It's uh, It might have been when they supported Queen, actually. So maybe it is the complete track listing. I don't know. Uh, at the open air festival in Mannheim, Germany, attended by a crowd of over 150,000 people. Whoa. Imagine that, Marillion playing to crowds that size. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. That is crazy. You got anything to say? Is that bigger or smaller than Lorelei? <laughs> I don't know. I've not been to Lorelei. I'd like to go to Lorelei because I'm a fan of the Gilmore Girls. Okay, just because it's. My God. But I was joking. <laughs> That's like being a fan of the celebrity cook, Keith Floyd, because you like Pink Floyd. Yeah. Makes no sense. You know, sense. apparently, um, Sasha was listening to Pink Floyd the other day. What? Yeah. Our daughter was listening and to Pink God, Floyd. I was like, this is why I'm worried about her. Yeah. <laughs> she seems a bit down at the moment. What? What, explain to me why she was listening to Pink Floyd. Nobody knows. How do you know she was? She posted a picture of it on her Instagram. That she was listening to Pink Floyd? Yeah. I, I need to talk to her about this. What, yeah. what album? Uh, I can have a look. That's amazing. Yeah, but, but it was a depression listen. What? It was because uh, she was having a mental breakdown, she said. Listening to Pink Floyd? Yeah. I'm a bit freaked out by that. If she wants some depressing songs, we should introduce her to Meridian. <laughs> oh, it's not there. Oh, what? Well, don't I'll be, think. Hang on. I'll be talking to her about it later. Yeah, I can't find it. Okay. Dang. Oh, don't worry. On to other things I found online while I was while I was digging around on archive.org. Oh, yes. I Do tell. I found a, a couple of pieces in uh, old issues of Smash Hits magazine. Oh. I used to read the Australian version. I wonder if it was the same as the British one. It was just like lots of snippets of in information about pop music and rock music. No, mainly pop music. Um, interviews and Wow, stuff thanks, like thanks that. for explaining what a magazine is. A music magazine. <laughs> no, smash hits and like post. It had a poster in the middle yeah. of it every. Wow, so revolution. Was it every month or every week? I think it was every month. I, I believe the UK one was was bi-weekly, as in every two weeks. I think. Oh. I may be wrong about that. It might have been weekly. Um, I don't think the Australian one was weekly. I loved Smash Hits, and it massively influenced the way I write. Did it? Yeah, hugely. I loved smash hits and TV hits. For those of you who didn't grow up in the UK or Australia and have access to smash hits, 
it was very irreverent. That was sort of its thing. It was it was a bit rude and cheeky to the the stars. Oh, I don't remember any of that. They'd they'd ask the interviews would be just they'd ask them the most random questions like have you ever thrown up in your pocket and stuff like that. Um, and oh. not often some of them would have just like sort of massive meltdowns in terms of you know not getting it. Really? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, I was very young, so maybe I just thought that was normal when I read it. I can't remember if the Australian version was like that. Well, some might say that this podcast has been influenced by Smash Hits because we're very <laughs> disrespectful. Have you ever thrown up in your pocket? No, I don't know how you'd do that. I made that question up, by the way, but it was, you know, anyway. So um, there was a, there was a, firstly, there was a review I found. Um, there were only a couple of issues of, of Smash It's on there that had me really in, in it. Mm. So it was a review of the video collection, Marillion 1982 to 86, the videos, which I remember buying on, I believe, my 15th birthday from, I think I bought it from Selfridges in London. Oh, which I went to with my friend Giles. Posh. Yes. Posh yeah. choices of shops. Uh, came out uh, at £14.99. £14.99. That's quite a lot of money for back For then. a CD? No, it's a video, VHS. Oh, I don't remember. How, how much did VHSs used to cost? It's quite a lot of money for 1986. My dad refused to get VHS. He only wanted to get... Betamax. Ah, I mean, I because it's superior quality, but you also have way fewer choices in the video hire store, well, especially these days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had friends who had uh, Betamax, Betamax, as we called it here. No, well, yeah, I think we called it Betamax as well. No one I knew had Betamax, no, apart from us. Oh dear. Mm. Social. I stigma. wanted the VHS machine because I wanted the greater choice. Of movies. Mm. Oh, yeah, you'd go in the video rental shop, which most of the ones near me when I was growing up were kind of in the back of a, a kind of like a, a sort of white goods store. So, you oh, know, really? sold fridges and, and washing machines and things. Yeah, the main one I, Get out of I, here. I went to was in down the road from us. Uh, and uh, there was... And this wall of VHSs, and then there was this tiny sort of Betamax section towards the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this wall of VHSs that just got bigger over time and kind oh. of longer and longer. Uh, I used to love In a that. white goods store? Yeah, and the rest wow. of it was... Did you have Blockbuster in the UK? Eventually, yeah, eventually. I mean, I think the video store that we went to wasn't a Blockbuster initially. It was just, like you said, well, it was just a, a video hire store. Yeah. And then it turned into Blockbuster. Wow, what a difference. Blockbuster video. Remember that? And No. Ah. And now not even Blockbuster exists. No, it doesn't. That was Kaylee, yeah? That was shot uh, at Hansa Studios where we recorded the album and in and around Berlin. And the next one is the second single off Misplaced Childhood, Lavender. So this review uh, in Smash Hit says, Hello, Hello, everybody out there in video land. Is this meant to be Jerry Ewing? No, that was meant to be their version of Fish, which is how they've written it. Oh, okay. Everybody. Jerry Ewing is... Someone mistook that as an impression of Mike Portnoy from Transatlantic last week. It wasn't. It was Jerry Ewing paraphrasing. Oh, I see. Mike Portnoy. 
Jimmy Ewing's that. Hello, everybody. I'm Jimmy Ewing from Pog Magazine. I can't do it. It has my throat still. Um, sorry. Hello, everybody out there in video land. Peeps fish rather embarrassingly, sitting in front of some TV screens and introducing his very own video collection. That That video, the main excitement of it was that the band introduced the videos, but it was very awkward. Really awkward. To watch or the way yeah. they introduced the videos? All of it. How, uh, what was awkward about it? Well, the rest of the band just sort of uh, stood around while Fish did the bulk of it. Oh. Um, I think a couple of them very awkwardly introduced some of the videos because Fish obviously sort of tossed him a bone. This might appear like an advert for do-it-yourself plaster as well. The cracks appearing everywhere. It also features a rather special little guest, our first ever TV appearance, which Mark Kelly can tell you more about. It's my little girl, Freya, who at the time was about three weeks old. And uh, we were going to use her as a new drummer, but uh, we couldn't find a kit small enough for her. So. Yeah. And at one point, Fish uh, explains the video and then turns to, to Rodders and goes, Steve, you got anything else to add? And she's like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> they left it in. <laughs> Steve, anything else to say on this? Well, I don't think so, no. Well, we'll carry on. Uh, <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, that was the biggest thrill of it. Also, I hadn't seen all the videos because, you know, how often did Marillion even then have their older songs? Played and also the thrill of whoa the Lady Nina video, which we definitely hadn't seen because it had only been released as a single in wow the USA. So anyway, so this says um, these videos might seem like an Agatha Christie movie, the case of the missing hair. Oh, uh, he jests not. Uh, this sorry tale of a Barnet's downfall begins in 1982 with Market Square Heroes when his locks positively flowed, and yet by Lady Nina of this year they're mere wisps of their former selves obliterated by four years of, in quotes, popdom. In between, of course, there's some tunes and and scenes. (laughs) Tunes and scenes. (laughs) That was classic smash hits. There's some tunes and scenes from when Marillion wore dodgy makeup and straight jackets to gate-crashing posh garden parties to the kilted, bearded and dewy-eyed, in quotes, angst of in quotes, lavender. <laughs> All these eight videos have their own misty touches. Far too much slow motion, some very horrible close-ups of amazing, without a G, fret work, and are very arty, i.e. you don't know what's going on half the time. And each is, is introduced by one member of the group making an appropriate, in quotes, witticism, while the others hover about in the background trying to look as if they're enjoying themselves. <laughs> oh, I want to watch this video now. <laughs> Finally, back comes Fish to sigh wistfully. Just what did happen to all that hair? Never mind, oh watery one. Soon you'll not only sound like Phil Collins, you'll look just like oh, him as well. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I wonder if this, it's on YouTube or anything. We video. should have a look, at least if the links are on there. Yeah. Because uh, I haven't seen that in years. I mean, I, I as... With many Meridian fans, it's like with the the album Real to Real. Mm. Uh, I know all the ad libs. You know those ad libs or the the crowd banter almost became, uh, you know, part of the lyrics for me. You know, I remember those. And same as with this between video banter, <laughs> such as it was, which was non-existent. (laughs) I mean, this is why I want to see it. The biggest thing that came across was the outer lack of chemistry between the members of Marillion and how four of them were very awkward being on camera. Brilliant. (laughs) Love it. 
was just, you know, and Fish was, you know, as as they'd also made Fish sit down, if I remember, so that he looked, you know, more the same height as the others and didn't just, like, tower over them awkwardly. What, so they were standing in the background and he was no, no, in the not. foreground it, sitting? It, no, they were sort of That sounds there. even more weird <laughs> But they weren't just awkward. standing there, like, with their arms at their side. <laughs> While he sits? <laughs> no, they were sort of leaning on kind of TV monitors and stuff like that. That Okay, that has not made it seem Casually. any less awkward. He So he's in, on a chair As in I the foreground. And they're leaning on TV monitors. I don't know what you have in your head, but it wasn't... I've got like a, a whole album cover in my head. Uh, uh, yeah, it was more their sort of body la- general body language and um, discomfort. The, it might have even been the first time I, I sort of experienced any of the other band members say anything. Really? Yeah. We need to look for this. We need to see if we can find these clips. So the other smash hits thing that I found online um, was a a review of a gig that I was at at Wembley Arena in London. Back in the days when they could sell out at Wembley Arena in London. Uh, And I'll read you this by, uh, this review is by Vicky McDonald. Very strangely spelt Vicky. V-I-C-I. Vici. (laughs) Vici McDonald. Good traditional Italian name, Vici McDonald. Amazing but true, Marillion's concert turns Wembley Arena into a bedroom. How? Read on. Fish wears five different pairs of pyjamas. Actually, they're rather flamboyant suits, but on his large and tubby frame, they look exactly like... What? (laughs) What year is this written? This would have been, what, 1986? Okay. It might be 87, actually. 87. What year did... Um, anyway. I wouldn't have said they... Fish had a large yeah, and tubby frame. Well, he wasn't a typical pop star's build. You know what a pop star's oh. like. Fish always had Wait, a... what album is this around? Clutching. Okay, he was... I mean, I wouldn't have called him tubby, but he wasn't as... He wasn't... Skinny. Bony as when he started. Yeah, I mean, the the picture they put with it... He's got moves. He's got moves. They're multiplying. <laughs> Imagine fish with like loads of moves like a pig. Like loads of pig. Paul. Of... <laughs> imagine fish and feeding. He's Can you imagine fish with like six breasts feeding piglets? Power. And he's on his he's laying they're on his supplying. side and the piglets all suckling on him. <laughs> Little baby fish. Fishlets suckling on him. That's worse. He's lying in a tank. Yeah, on his side. And uh, he could be amphibian, just lay, laying at, laying on the dry bit of the tank on a on a stone on a sunstone. <coughs> Lots of little fishlets or frogs suckling on him. Yeah. Frog pig frogs frog pigs. pig frogs piglets froglets frog poles. <laughs> Frog poles. Pig poles. <laughs> it was like a lap dancing club, frog poles. <laughs> it's an amphibian based strip club. <laughs> Get your tab. No. What? I was going to. Mm. No, no. No, no. This place to... stinks for frogs born. Oh. That's not nice. That's not nice, is it? No. That's not nice. Uh, anyway, 
Actually, they're rather flamboyant suits, but on his large mm, tubby form, they look exactly like Jim Jams, even the hideous grey hooded one with giant fur trimmings. Fish is so relaxed, he treats it, treats the place as if it's his bedroom, cracking jokes, chatting to the audience and giving long improvised explanations of the songs. He makes Wembley Arena seem quite intimate, no mean feat. And in the middle of warm, wet circles, even comes down off the stage and wanders through the crowd, still singing perfectly, despite having loads of overawed fans trying to shake his hand, touch his bottom, etc. <laughs> They're just little froglets. <laughs> wanting to have a suckle. Ah. Uh, we're leaving a trail of frog spawn behind him. He's <laughs> slipping on the frog spawn. We've disgusted the cat. She's leaving. Good. Um, yeah, that was the gig at which the guy poured talc all over my friend's hand. Oh, that made you laugh. Yeah, throughout the whole gig. So it was weird. the most random thing I've ever seen at a gig. Or, uh, or anywhere. Yeah. It's random. For, for those it's a of random you, thing to do anyway. For those of you who don't remember this anecdote, we were in the crowd at this Wembley Arena gig uh, to see Marillion. A guy came up to my mate, uh, Mike, and said, Mike, uh, mate, can I shake your hand? My friend put his hand out to shake this other guy's hand. This guy pulled out a pot of talcum powder and poured it all over my mate's hand and then ran away. <laughs> <laughs> Bizarre. It's really weird. Uh, anyway, the review continues. The rest of the group are so relaxed, they look as if they're falling asleep. <laughs> wow. Uh, they've definitely got a little more animated on stage over the years. The swirly music is exactly the sort of thing to sit in bedrooms having a beer of a... That's how they've written it. Beer of a drink. Uh... And getting all deep and meaningful too. I.e. wordy, poetical, 15-minute epics full of twiddly bits and difficult scales, just like progressive groups used to do in the early 70s. In the particularly swirly-esque bits, there are so many ardent couples deeply snogging, don't remember seeing that, that they obviously think it's a bedroom too. When Iron Maiden ill-advisedly come on to help Marillion play lots of hoary old rock songs, remember that, I've mentioned this before, how Iron Maiden came on at the end? Oh, I've forgotten uh, about that bit. E.g., all the young dudes, and with a little help from my friends for the encore, the resulting dire cacophony sounds exactly like a useless schoolboy group massacring their favourite songs in their bedroom. In fact, the only things which spoil the bedroom effect are Prince Edward is there, because it's a charity due with all proceeds going to muscular dystrophy. 8,000 other people are there too, and you'd have a bit of trouble fitting that lot in your bedroom. No duvets are provided, and it doesn't make you want to fall asleep. You see, although they're often branded as dreary old pomp rockers, Marillion have got an ace up their flip-away Jim Jam sleeves. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Loads of absolutely brilliant tunes, which even George Michael would give his right arm for, if he hasn't done already. <laughs> in fact, in their poppier moments, Marillion sound uncannily like... Who do you think? Genesis? I was expecting that when I read it. I even paused. No, oh, it's not Genesis. Q Fish and one million Marillion fans having apoplexy. Duran Duran. What a wow. funny old bedroom it is. No mistake. Is that a first? Uh, for yeah. the press? For well, the music press? W- it's not the first. Well, yeah. Uh, probably then, yeah. But I, I mean, there were times when I, I listened to Duran Duran and I thought that's not a million miles away from what Marillion do. 
They could, it could be quite arty to Andrew. That's the oh right, yeah, but that's a fan's perspective. But for someone from the music press to say that, yeah, it seems unlikely. Yeah, I think with the exception of uh, Simon Le Bon, I think Duran Duran formed at art school or art college, if I'm right. So you know, they they have those leanings, and also they wore a lot of makeup on stage, and That's some of prog. them still do. There's also below that in uh, in Smash Hits a review of Market Square Heroes: The Authorized Story of Marillion by Mick Wall, which I loved when I got that. It was a big year for Marillion. Oh, nice. Uh, Released by Sidgwick and Jackson, eight ninety five. Um, do you want to hear the review of this? Bargain. Bargain. With uh, had a cover by Mark Wilkinson, whose art you hate, like your husband's album. Stop. <laughs> I love my husband's album. So much. So the al- much. The album she loves so much, she listened to it twice. <laughs> Three times. Again, mm, I was... Didn't tell you about the third time. Yeah, because you were like, fucking hell, I'm not telling you. No, that is not true. (laughs) That's not true. Um, So, the review of the book. The worst thing about this book, apart from costume. This is how they start the review. (laughs) The worst thing about this book, apart from costing more than the Channel Tunnel and weighing as much as Saturn, is the chapter title. Is that true? But I don't, I think I got it, might have got it for Christmas. Do you still have it? I think I might do in the loft, yeah. Oh, I think I might. Yeah. Not in the shed, in the loft. I think this one might be in the loft. Well, must be a prized possession then. Yeah, must. Um, anyway, blah, blah, blah. The worst thing about this book is the chapter titles, grandiose and swirl-esque concepts, man, like with bracelets of smoke, tequila sunset and the morning mare rides. Obviously, this person doesn't know that they're lyrics. But also writes, literally <laughs> <laughs> in the review. Um, luckily, everything else about it is really rather good. And apart from the odd cringe words, cringe. Oh, sorry. And apart from the odd cringe phrase, it's well written and unpretentious. Even amazingly enough, Fish's pithy introduction. The author is so completely wonky in the head about Marillion that he shadowed them for four years, extracting every last last smidgelet of information and becoming a friend in the process. Consequently, no detail is spared. It's the definitive Marillion story, as well as a group history. There's a painstaking biography of each member, loads of descriptions of concerts and recording sessions, plenty of amusing stories and even photos of the lads as kiddies. The only quibble is the weedy discography, which doesn't mention any picture discs, imports or obscure thingies. (laughs) Thingies. (laughs) Over 300 pages, it isn't exactly what you'd call a light read. But if you know either A, a a total Marillion fanatic, or B, a Marillion-hating insomniac, this could be their best Christmas prezi ever. Oh, was it your best Christmas prezi that year? I liked it. There were a bunch of other Marillion books that came out around that time. Marillion in Words and Pictures, that was oh, one. So it was a good year for Marillion merch and content then. Yeah, it was the golden age. Golden age golden of age Marillion of stuff. merch. You know, that and recording them off the telly and things. Yeah. Yeah. Listening to them on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> you want anything else you want to add? T-shirts. Yeah. Uh, you've been very quiet this week. It's kind of annoyed you, didn't I? No, I haven't had... I've been listening. I've been talking too much. You know, you had stuff to say and read. Yeah, we've run out of time for letters. What the hell? Really?
already. Yeah. This has been a bit of a strange episode. I don't it know if it's been any it's any good. Been... What with you not saying anything and me just reading some stuff. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. I can hear the tone in your voice. I've annoyed you. Because I said you didn't like my album or was it all the other stuff? <laughs> <laughs> all the other me getting stuff. annoyed with your with your half an hour of interrupting my attempts to start the podcast was it that the other stuff it was the other stuff oh dear ah uh, you'll get over it yeah <laughs> <laughs> right uh, on that note on that bombshell uh, I'm not uh, we've, we've wasted too much time for me to advocate recording this whole thing again when you're in a better mood I'm not in a bad mood. Dust. Sorry, I'm not in a bad mood. <laughs> I'm not, wow. Just, I'm not in a bad just mood. disinterested. No, 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 I'm not in a bad mood. I just didn't have a lot to bring to the table this week. Well, you know what to do I for next week. Just it's listening. your turn to bring something to the table. I was listening. You, there's, a, there's, a, there's a concept for next week. You bring something to oh the table. Oh, God. Yeah. Bring something to the table next week. What am I going to bring? I don't know. Well, got, we need a theme. It's up to you. You're planning next week's episode. No, don't do that. Yeah. Okay, so everyone tune <laughs> no, in next week. No, 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 for no. For an episode entirely planned by Sanya. No. Yeah. I don't have the insider knowledge that you have. That's why it'll be interesting. No, it won't. Yes. Yes. Help. Someone help me, please. Someone send Sanya an email and tell her what to do for next week. Right, so next week, uh, Sanya's doing an episode. No. Um, we're going to be doing volume two of Happiness is the Road soon. And we've obviously got some Meridian weekends and whatnot to come up talking about. But the next big thing we do will be Happiness is the Road, volume two. Volume duh. Which we need to start digging into. So Volume duh. Volume duh. Duh. Volume. Volume. What was that? The butter. The butter. The butter. Don't be my impression of brothers. <gasps> Paul. I put my, my, my butter. <laughs> um, brothers like butter. 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 I like butter. You like butter? Yeah, I like butter. What do you like about butter? Butter tastes nice. Can we get away with this? No. Not the, <laughs> right. not the last bit. Uh, hey, check out uh, our Patreon. <laughs> stuff on episodes early www.patreon.com slash Mr. Biffo subscribe tell people about us sorry this has been a shit episode bye <laughs>